The first reading this morning is taken from Psalm 34, verses 1 to 14. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify with me. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. And uh, we've got a new memory verse with a new month, and it's John chapter 1, verse 14. Is it on the board? Oh, yes. (laughs) The word became flesh. Shall we say it together? John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1, verse 14. Our second reading's from from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 22 to chapter 2, verse 3. One Peter, sorry. (laughs) One Peter. Okay, one Peter, chapter one. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is God's word. Thank you, uh, John. Well, let's look at uh, God's word, but before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for reminding us that all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Amen. 
Morning, friends. It's once again a great joy this morning to uh, bring the Word of God for us this morning. It's always a great privilege and an honor to preach and to bring the message from God's Word. It's an awesome responsibility, and I'm sure John and myself and others who preach here really appreciate your prayers for us as we study the Word and as we expound the Word Sunday by Sunday uh, in this place. It's a great joy. Wonderful privilege. Well, milk is one product that I suspect many of us would consume daily, unless you have some lactose intolerance to dairy, dairy products. I think most of us would drink milk, love our yogurts, uh, ice cream, vanilla ice cream and jelly is a great combination. It's a good thing in Sri Lanka. That's our staple dessert, vanilla ice cream and jelly. Well, milk products. Milk, as we know, is an excellent source of protein, which helps our bodies, body cells grow strong, healthy, macho, is high in calcium, which is essential for healthy bones and teeth. I'm sure all moms and dads who say to your kids, have you drunk your milk today? Here's a glass of milk. Now, mothers are encouraged to breastfeed their babies, due to the nutrition in the milk that is produced. So milk is good for our bodies. Now speaking of milk, the other day, I went into one of the supermarkets just down the road to pick up some milk. You know, milk is cheap now actually. Three dollars, you can pick up three, three liters of milk. It's cheaper than bottled water, isn't it? Right? So cheap. So I stood in front of this fridge. I mean, I don't usually go uh, grocery shopping. Occasionally I go with my beautiful wife Rose, and uh, uh, my problem is I just take stuff and put it into the uh, trolley, whereas Rose is a more conservative uh, buyer, and she goes for the bargains, and I say, oh, let's put this in, let's put that in, and so by the time we come out, we bought things that we shouldn't have bought. Anyway, I stood in front of this uh, fridge, and I was looking at the variety of milk uh, that is available in the market today, all right? Anyway, I put those cows there as well in the middle. So there's... Uh, <laughs> We have skim milk, we have full cream milk, we have rev milk for revs like myself, reverend, no, it's not, <laughs> I think it gives you a rev, I think that's the idea. There is light milk, and there is skinny milk, and just to name a few, that's in the fridge section, but I'm sure if you walk down the shelf, you can buy long life milk, short life milk, whatever milk. It's all there. Powder milk, it's all there, friends. So I looked at this freezer and I think, I've looked at this freezer and think, well, what am I supposed to do? So I picked up two liters of the light milk. Uh, I think light milk is good. It's not too fat. It's not too skinny. It's the middle ground one. And that's what I like, okay? So we live in a nutritious conscious world, nutrition conscious world. There are diet drinks. There's diet jelly, which I think, oh, man, it's, uh, it's not real jelly, right? Uh, anyway, that's my opinion. Then there's salad bars, there's juice bars, there's whatever, because we are very nutritious conscious. So it's very important that we take excellent care of our bodies by eating healthy food. Our bodies are given by God, and we should not abuse it. We need good nutrients to help us be strong and well. This morning, it's not about just milk. What about our souls? How do we nourish our spiritual life, our spiritual lives? 
See, there is so much, friends, today that's written about spirituality in the world. The big question today is, how do we get in touch with our inner being? How do we become spiritually connected, as it were? There is the great New Age movement today. You go to Dalesford and you will find in other places this so-called spirituality, trying to get in touch with your inner self, all right? Uh, so we have ministries today. For example, instead of chaplaincy gospel ministries, we have spiritual well-being ministries, spirituality ministries. It's not kind of defined. It's all this kind of thing combined together to make you feel kind of special and good and hopefully make you feel good within yourself. So that's the spiritual stuff that's out there. What about our own lives as Christians? What about the spiritual food that you and I need? Well, this morning we continue our study in the book of 1 Peter, and we focus our thoughts today on 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, and I've titled the message, Spiritual Food, What Is It? Well, the text says this, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is... The Lord is... The Lord is... Good. Great. <laughs> right. The Lord is good. Right. And therefore... You see this word, therefore brings us back right to what we have been studying in the previous sections, and I don't want to, to spend too much time there. It speaks about the enduring Word of God. It's about the Scriptures. The context here, the immediate context, is God's Word. We need to keep that in mind. All men are like grass. All their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the Word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the Word that was preached to you. So we looked at that last week, the enduring nature of God's Word. And if you're a Christian here this morning, then you have been regenerated. My growth group has studied the four R's, right? You've been regenerated, that is, you've been born again by the Word of God, through the Spirit of God. You've been ransomed by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. You've been redeemed, bought with the blood of Christ. And you've been reconciled to our most holy and awesome and amazing, true and living God, the God who made the heavens and the earth, you've been reconciled to him and you can call him Abba, Father. Right? That's the work of God. And this is here in the scriptures. The Bible is God's word. Its truth cannot be compromised. It is the truth revealed. God's book, the Bible, is not a relic from the past. It is not a museum piece. It is the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, we read this. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. This is God's word, right? That's what we see here, isn't it? It's living. It's active. It is, it's, it, it is living. It brings life. It brings dead sinners to be born again by the word of God. It purifies the soul. It nourishes us and it helps us to grow in the grace. It is a lifeline from the living God. And Peter says that since we have been born again by the imperishable seed that is the word of God, 
we ought to love one another from the heart. And he now goes out to set out the practical applications of uh, what love should not really be like, to laying aside. And the language that we have here is taking off one's outer garments. It's like on a hot day. You're wearing your jacket, guys, or perhaps, uh, ladies, you might wear your long whatever, and you feel it's really hot, and you take this thing out, and you hang it on the, on the coat hanger, and you feel, wow, a bit more relieved, isn't it? It's taking off, therefore putting aside. And he goes on to give us a list, which I believe is by no means exhaustive. And he says this. This is what we have in the passage here this morning. It's so important for us to understand this. Read yourselves. Take it off. Put it aside. And he lists a few things here. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Five things. I'm going to look at that this morning briefly. It's no, by no means exhaustive. Malice, friends, all kinds of malice. You see, malice is a desire to harm someone and to hurt someone. It is a desire to inflict pain upon somebody. It is ill will that has the force to destroy your friendship with someone else. It is, it is destructive. It is harmful. It is destructive in causing a schism, malice. And I'll expand on that as we go along. Then deceit. It means, it's, the, the word that is used is like, uh, it's, it's, it's bait. It's like a, a, a fish hook that kind of draws people with dishonesty and falsehood. And it involves an attempt to hide the truth. And it is being loose with the truth. And it is pinning the truth. And we, you listen to people and you say, stop the spin. Say the truth. And some people are very clever at spinning the truth. Now, I love watching uh, Fox News. Uh, it gives me a comprehensive thing of what happens in the world. And there's one program, Bill O'Reilly. I don't know if some of you have watched this program. Uh, you may not agree with everything he says. But he says this, the spin, and he does this, and the spin stops here. Bang. Right? We want the truth, don't we? We look for truth. We look for truth in our leaders. If I would come up here on this pulpit and spin the truth, that's a terrible thing. I don't deserve to be here. If I'm spinning the truth about God's word, I shouldn't be standing here. We shouldn't be here, standing on this pulpit. Spinning the truth of God's word. Spinning. And no, no truth in this. Hypocrisy. A hypocrite is someone who pretends to be someone that we know that. He or she is not spiritually. You say one thing here and you're someone else somewhere outside of this place. Envy. It's an attitude of the heart of wanting something from someone else that somebody else has. And a desire. And then there is the other word, slander. And slander, it is talking bad of another person viciously. Behind that person's back. It is gossiping. It is destroying someone's reputation. And you're doing it behind the back of the other person. So that you look the great person. And the other person is the most terrible person. Under the sun that God has put on this earth. Can you see how we do it? We spin the truth. We tell lies. 
with slander and with malice and there's envy. Friends, Peter says, put together they are sinful actions which cause divisions in a church and creates havoc in a fellowship. I was speaking to one of my colleagues recently about people who uh, slander one another because it comes, to, comes back to me. You see, what goes around somehow gets back to me. <laughs> uh, of slandering. And he said this, you know, he said this. I thought about this. He said, senior minister, retired man, said, it may mean in some instances, Chris, the need to exercise church discipline. I think how true that is. If we know that somebody is constantly slandering other people and cutting other people with their cutting terrible comments, it is a cause for church discipline after repeated warnings. Because the, the, the gospel work is being distracted and being divided because of a divisive, cantankerous, slanderous person. The gospel is affected. We've never exercised discipline in this church for someone who has slandered others, and if the need be, I think this session is quite capable of handling that. If there is a continuous slander going on, we have to deal with it. Don't you think so? Because the body of Christ, the precious body of Christ is affected. So if you've got something against someone else, don't go around everyone else and start condemning that person and slandering that person and making yourself look good but go to the person straight away and say, brother, sister, I have a problem with you. Can we sit down over a cup of tea, better over a latte, and let's talk this one through. Because that's more, that, that's the biblical way, isn't it? That's the biblical way of doing it. So, now friends, I don't stand here proclaiming that I've got this all worked out. All right? Right? Because you look at me and say, that guy, he's, he must be living in another planet. Right? This kind of sin comes our way all the time. Right? And what we need to do is, and what I need to do is, right, it's not an excuse, but I need to confess my sin. I need to repent when I see this thing coming on. And I need to ask the Lord to give me victory in this area. Because if I'm doing this, I bet you if you're gossiping about someone else, there's a chance that they'll be gossiping about you. To the other person as well. Right? So watch, I need to watch my life. We need to guard our lives. We need to pray, oh spirit of the living God, I just pray that if I have a sin in this area of slander and gossiping and malice and bringing hatred and division, the problem is me. Did you see that? I can't blame you for my problems. I've got to look at my own life. I got to pray that God will put the spiritual microscope over my heart. That the Lord will open, do an open heart surgery spiritually and take that muck out and say, out you go. Because in the past that was my life. But now Peter says, you've been born again. And God has done a change. You lived like that, but now you're like this. And you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of Christ. I pray, friends, as a pastor, I pray for you every day. I'm sure John does. We pray that God will help us be a church that will honor Christ the way we live. And if I have faults in my life, come and see me. Please, come and see me.
because I don't profess here to be Mr. Perfect Minister. I'm a sinner saved by grace. The cross, I think, in this pulpit reminds us all the time, isn't it? Of that grace. So, let's keep moving on. So, we are, command, we are commanded, friends, we are encouraged here this morning to, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, kind, in Colossians, and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other's grievances. We're coming to the Lord's table this morning. We can't come to this table if I'm holding a grudge against someone else, isn't it? I need to pray that God will help me to forgive and move on. I can't keep this thing in my life because it'll, you're, if, you, if you don't forgive somebody, you're going to carry this thing for the rest of your life and it'll bring you down. Don't you think so? Because you'll have a bitter spirit. And a bitter spirit will keep you in the bottom of the pit. Because you wouldn't move on. It'll be bitter and bitter for the rest of your life. And if that's what you want to choose to live, well, that's a choice that you've got to make. So newborn babies, Peter says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Now we know, my dear friends, that babies long for milk. Right? The, word, the word baby here is, uh, is, is, uh, implies one that has been just born. A newborn, just come out of the mother's womb. That's a massive experience. No time to look at all of these things. But the fact is, when a baby comes out from the mother's womb, man, first time I saw was my son, Sean. I couldn't be with the girls when they were born in Sri Lanka. We, men were not allowed in the place. We were not allowed in the place. I saw, ah, man, I, I, I had to cope with everything. You know, guys, but anyway, I won't go into that. <laughs> an infant is born, right? A child comes out, a newborn, a new baby desires and longs for his or her feed. There is, there is this built-in mechanism in the baby that sends a message from the tummy saying to this brain and to the mouth, it says, I'm hungry, feed me. And uh, see, when the baby is born, there's excite, excitement in the room, there are tears, there's joy, it's an amazing feeling for a parent, everything is going on, but the baby has got only one thing in mind. Feed me. I'm hungry. I need milk. That's it. Right? And breastfeeding. The mother is equipped to do that. The best milk ever. He cries out. And Peter says, this is the kind of word that he uses. He's longing. There is a desire. There is a passion like this infant. Peter is not saying that these believers are infants here. He's not saying that. He's using the analogy to say that as an infant has only one thing in mind when it's born. He wants milk. He's hungry or she's hungry. And she will go for it. So as Christians, let's have a passion for this word. A craving, a longing, a desire, a spiritual milk. So what's our spiritual food, my dear friends? Our spiritual food is God's word. It is here for us. It's spiritual soul energy. We are not designed to live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And milk is used here as a symbol because it was commonly used in later Judaism for spiritual nourishment. How about you this morning? Are you reading God's word? All scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why crave spiritual milk? Because you're growing in your salvation. Are you growing? 2013 is upon us, isn't it? Soon. Have you grown in 2012? Well, we've all grown. Some of us have grown older. Uh, well, all of us are growing older. It depends which age bracket you are in. And for others, for some of some, the, 
We feel old very quickly, don't we? Our bodies tell us. I'm asking you, have you grown spiritually in 2012? Are you part of a growth group, for example? That's not that that's going to make you grow. Are you, are you disciplined? Am I? Are we disciplined to read God's word daily? I've been praying these last few days because I feel an incredible burden in my heart to read this word because there are times that I, I don't spend the time that I need to spend just studying the scriptures for myself. I study to preach it, and it's a danger for ministers. Right? But what about our own spiritual growth? I've been thinking about this these past few weeks. The Lord's laid this thing on my heart to, to read the word and to, and to just absorb the word of God into my soul and meditate and to learn it. It is God's word. This is where we find encouragement, don't we? This is where we find strength. This is where we find promises of God. It is ours for the taking when we trust the Lord. Pray that God will give us a desire to read it, to meditate, to delight in it. Where are you spiritually this morning? Have you, are you stagnated in your spiritual growth? Are you progressing in the faith? Are you making progress? Are you growing? Are you experiencing the love of God in a fresh and a new way that every day becomes a great day by God's grace to enjoy and to celebrate no matter what comes our way? Some weeks are terrible than others. Some days the tears come down. Some weeks are so pressurized. You know the feeling. But whatever happens, the word of God Stands forever. The promises of God. We thank God, isn't it? And Peter says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You know, when you taste something and you really like it, you've experienced and acquired a taste for it, haven't you? There are certain spices that I use in my cooking. My family will testify to that. When Rose cooks something, she has her spices. And often I would sit there and think, oh, what did you put in this curry today, dear? Oh, what did you make? What kind of spice did you put here? And they said to me, Chris, that's the kind of taste that we have acquired. And I say, no, that's not the taste that I have acquired. But anyway, it's all nice. It's all good. It's all food. The point is this. God has given us taste buds, hasn't he? Imagine if he hasn't given us taste buds. All the food will be so insipid. He's given taste buds. The psalmist says, you know, Peter says here, and he's quoting from Psalm, which, which we actually read uh, before, which is Psalm 34 and verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Have you tasted the Lord? Not as in physically, but have you experienced the Lord in your life? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And once you've tasted him spiritually in faith, no matter what comes, friends, the Lord is good. This morning, we come to the Lord's Supper. We're going to taste and drink the, uh, uh, the juice, eat the bread. It's a reminder to us of what Christ has done. It's a solemn thing. It's a joyful thing. It's a celebration. I ask that God will search your heart and mine. If there's any sin in our hearts, then we will ask him to forgive us. If your relationships with others are not right, then that you will, by God's grace, put it right. And that God will not keep us in the pit of slander and deceit and gossip and dishonoring God in our lives. 
but that by his grace, because of the cross, we will taste and see that our Lord is good. And that he gave his all for us. And he will come one day to make all things perfect. What a glorious day. We will not celebrate the supper anymore because we will see the Savior face to face and we will live with him forever. I can't, in one sense, I'll want to live as long as God gives me life here on earth. I want to live. But I say this as well. I can't wait by God's grace when the time comes to see my Savior as he is. And that, that is the greatest thing, isn't it? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Give us a love for it. A desire to have it as spiritual milk, nourishment for our souls. Help us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Forgive us this morning for our sins. When we have slandered and made comments that we should not have made about other people, when we have not done things that we should, should have done, Lord, shouldn't have done, when we have sinned against you, forgive us, cleanse us, renew us, help us to celebrate the supper. In Jesus' name, amen.